Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Mike. Say hello, Pastor Mike. Happy Easter. He is risen. Many of you know that in the days of the early church, whenever a Christian would meet another Christian, she or he would often, according to tradition, uh, greet each other with that declaration. One would say, he is risen, and the response would be, he is risen indeed. So on this Easter 2020, let's practice that together. Church, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, thank you for joining me uh, today. As you can probably tell, we are broadcasting from the Decker Kitchen here at the Decker household. So welcome to our home, Mikasa es su casa. And today I invite you to unpack with me the Easter story. And in our Easter story, there are two words that I would love for you to kind of keep an eye out for. If you're taking notes, whether with a you know, paper and pen, or if you have our Palm Harvest app on your, your phone or iPad, pull that up and jot down these two words. Are you ready? The first word is the word dead, and the second word is the word alive. Dead and alive. Jesus was dead, but now is alive. Jesus was dead, but now is alive. Church, Jesus was dead, but now he is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. So here's the big idea that we're gonna unpack together today. Uh, if you wanna write this down, please do so. And that is this. Following Jesus is a journey of choices. Church, as we unpack our Easter story today, I want to suggest to you that we are going to see this truth, that following Jesus is a journey of choices. Now, if you have a Bible, whether it's in paper, like this one, or in digital form, maybe on your phone or iPad or Android, whatever, I want you to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23. Luke is found in the New Testament portion of our Bible. It's the third book of the, the New Testament, which most of you know was written during the time of Jesus. It tells the stories of Jesus. And here in Luke chapter 23, we're gonna read just a few verses that precede Jesus' death and then subsequent resurrection, uh, which is what, what Easter is all about. And so I'm gonna start reading in verse 46. I uh, hope you'll join me on this. And always uh, try to picture the scene in your mind, okay? So Luke chapter 23, verse 46. And specifically, I want you to look for and notice the different kind of responses that people have to what's going on, okay? Verse 46. So Jesus is on the cross, and this is what we read. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. Now, church, don't miss this. Here we see that Jesus is what? What's our word? He's dead. Jesus has breathed his last. Jesus is dead. Verse 47. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, surely this man was innocent. Now, I find, that, I find this Roman officer's response 
so interesting. Romans weren't really known to be that religious, but clearly he has some kind of uh, relationship with God. It says he worshiped God, and he makes this interesting statement that, that Jesus was innocent. If you know anything about crucifixion, you know that it was a slow and painful way to die. Crucifixion was basically a slow death by suffocation. With a person's, a criminal's arms, you know, stretched out with the, the, the nails stuck through their hands and the nails through the feet in order to breathe after your, your muscles would kind of atrophy, you would have to push all your weight on that nail, stand up, take a breath, fill your lungs with air, and then sink down. And, and really, the, a, a, a criminal would, could go on for days if they had the will to live. In fact, many times Roman soldiers would break their legs, so if they couldn't stand, then they can't breathe, and if you can't breathe, you're gonna die. But here we read that only after a few short hours, after having you know, the snot pummel out of him, he, he, Jesus dies, and it's, it's so demonstrative that this Roman officer, I don't know if it's because Jesus died so quickly that maybe he thought that, that God extended mercy to Jesus, but clearly he, he makes this reference, he must be an innocent man. Verse 48, and when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. Now that, that too is an interesting re response uh, to me because I don't know if the crowd in, I assume that probably many in the crowd had hoped that Jesus was gonna be this king, right? This military leader who would, who would come into Jerusalem and establish this new earthly reign that would then overthrow the Roman government and, and establish the nation of Israel in a place of prominence and authority and, and just, you know, just grandeur. But when Jesus' death, Jesus is dead, make no misunderstanding, he is dead. When people saw that he was dead, all their hopes and dreams up in smoke. And the Bible says that they go home in deep sorrow. But I want you to notice the next people group here in, in verse 49. It says, but Jesus' friends, oh, his inner circle, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, they stood at a distance watching. Now I love the response of these women that they stood at a distance watching. Brothers and sisters, following Jesus is a journey of choices. And the choice that we see these women making, the choice that I want to invite you to consider in your pursuit of knowing Jesus is number one, choose curiosity. Choose curiosity. You know, during the time that these women had spent with Jesus, I'm sure that they, like many people, had seen all the miracles that he had done. They had heard him preach and teach. They had heard, I mean, you know, they had caught, it had caused them to obviously put their faith in him. But rather than maybe overreact now that he is dead, you know, rather go home like the crowd here that we're, we're, we're told in, in deep sorrow and, and give up hope. Instead, we read that they choose to stand at a distance and do what? And to watch, to check things out. Perhaps giving Jesus some space maybe to, to still work. Brothers and sisters, following Jesus is a journey of choices and they chose curiosity. Let's keep reading, verse 50. 
Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jew, Jewish high council. Go down to verse 52. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of the rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation as the Sabbath was about to begin. As his body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home. Let's stop there for a second. I, I love how here in this story, we are told that Jesus' friends, these women from Galilee, they're at the cross and they see that Jesus breathes his last breath. But as I mentioned already, rather than go home in, in deep sorrow, they instead choose to adopt a curious mindset. They stick around to see what might happen. And we're told here what happens. We're told here that Joseph of Arimathea, a man of, of somewhat prominence, a religious leader of that day, someone of stature, goes to Pilate, who we know from other places in Scripture was, uh, was the Roman governor who oversaw and gave permission to the crucifixion of Jesus. Joseph goes to Pilate, asks for Jesus' body to put it in a, to bury it, which reinforces again this truth that Jesus is what? He's dead. We don't bury live people in tombs. We bury dead people. So here we read that Joseph tapes Jesus' body. He wraps it in a long sheet of cloth, and he lays it in this new rock tomb. If you read in other passages of Scripture in the Bible, we're told where a stone rock is kind of rolled over this, the, the entrance of this, uh, this new grave that Jesus is now buried in. And what are we told here that the women are doing? They're watching. They're practicing curiosity. They're following along behind Joseph and they're, they're watching and they're waiting and they're illustrating in real time form how following Jesus is a journey of choices. You know, I would imagine many of you have Easter traditions that you practice. You know, when Robin and I, uh, when our girls, Gina and Casey, were younger, one of the highlights, really, for me of, of Easter Sunday was in our family tradition, we would have an Easter egg hunt. And we still do, uh, even with the nieces and nephews. Now that they're all, all adults, there's just something really festive and fun about an Easter egg hunt. You know, you get these plastic eggs and you put in chocolate and jelly beans. And in many cases, I would put a dollar bill or a $5 bill or even now $20 bills. And, and then you unleash the kids, right? And it's curiosity at its best. And I really think that the story of, of Easter invites you and me, much like we see here in, a, in the women, much like we experience in our Easter egg hunts, to practice and live and to choose curiosity. You know, some of you maybe tuning in today are, are new to the Christian faith. Maybe you, you have yet to put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you're just, you're just checking things out and like you're doing today, I just want to applaud you and encourage you that the following Jesus is a journey of choices. And one of the choices that you and I would benefit from practicing 
is to always choose, choose curiosity. So as the body was taken down, buried in the tomb, then we're told in verse 56 that the women went home, they prepared spices and ointments to anoint Jesus's body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun, so they rested as required by the law. So it's Friday night, the Sabbath has started, and now these women, according to Jewish tradition, are waiting until Sunday morning when they can, the Sabbath is over, when they can go back to the tomb and finish this job of, of, of anointing Jesus, preparing his body for burial, First chapter 24. But very early on Sunday morning, check this out, the women went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. What are they doing? They're practicing curiosity. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Hmm, that's an interesting twist. So they went in. What are they doing? They're practicing curiosity. They went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, Two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. Jesus is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that Jesus had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. I love what the angel told these women. He said, ladies, remember what Jesus had told you. Remember that he had promised that he would come back. <clears throat> these angels said, yeah, Jesus is dead. And ladies, you saw him die. He is dead. You witnessed him being buried in this, this tomb and this tomb that was, that was closed and shut, right? But this tomb is now open. Jesus was dead, but is now alive. He is risen. And so what do they do? They have this experience. They remember their, their time with Jesus. And the Bible says that they, that they rush back to tell his disciples. Point number two, choose community. Choose community. Friends, following Jesus is a life, is really a lifetime, a, a journey of choices. And one of the choices that we see here practiced is that these ladies chose community. Brothers and sisters, God never intended for you or me to live life alone. You know, one of the benefits, I think, of this COVID-19 pandemic that we find ourselves in is, is people are beginning to care for each other. You know, we're, we're checking in on each other. We're looking out for our neighbors, maybe in a way that we haven't done before. We're investing in each other. 
You know, many of you here at Palm Harvest are familiar with the name Chuck Perry and Ron Ambergy. Ron and Chuck are friends. They're, they're, they're kind of like the, if you're familiar with the Muppets, you know, the two old Kroggers up in the, uh, up in the, the Galilee, and they kind of look, Ron and Chuck kind of look like, look like them. But Ron and Chuck are, are, are super close friends, and every day they meet in the morning for coffee. That's what friends do. They, they meet together for community. Well, they meet for coffee down at Panera Bread on 17th Street here in Costa Mesa. And if you know anything about Ron or Chuck, you know that these guys are true. They're, they're shareholders in our city and they really invest themselves in, into people. So not surprisingly, over the years of, of having their daily coffee down at Panera Bread before they you know, start their, their day, they have gotten to know the staff at Panera. You know what Chuck's doing now, he and Ann? At the end of the day, after Panera closes down their catering and their delivery service during this pandemic that they're in, Chuck and Ann will go and they will pick up the leftover fresh bread that was not sold for the day. Shout out to Panera. And in partnership with the Panera management, Chuck and Ann, they, they, they're making like deliveries, right? They're delivering bread and cinnamon rolls and, and, and they're, they're helping people out. Chuck and Ann are God's hands and feet and they're illustrating, I really think, what the purpose of the church is. The church is not a building, it's people, it's you and me and they're choosing community. Here in this Easter story, we see these women, they choose community. Not only are they going through this ordeal together, but they're responding in community and they go to check out and tell the story to, to, these, to these disciples. But notice how the disciples respond, verse 11. So they tell the apostles what had happened, verse 11, but the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe. Now does the response of these disciples surprise any of you? I mean, come on, think about this. These are the, these are the spiritual giants of the early church. These are the guys who had spent the last three and a half years in close proximity to Jesus. They had, they had slept in the same place and they had traveled together. And who knows how many busloads of, of meals they had taken together. They had watched Jesus up close, heal person after person after person. And yet here in this moment of crisis, after seeing Jesus die, and these women come and they tell him that Jesus is now alive, Rather than get all excited and believe, what are we told? We're told that they couldn't, they couldn't believe it. You know what that tells us? It tells us that even spirit, spiritual giants can, can lack a little faith. Now don't miss this. Friends, we all have a choice whether we are going to believe in Jesus or not. Following Jesus is a journey of choices. But I, what I want to invite you to consider and what I think the Easter story invites us to consider is to choose curiosity and to choose community. And that even in the, the highs and the lows of our life, to do it together. Because even the spiritual giants have weaknesses and even they need someone to lean on from time to time. 
But the third choice, and maybe the most important choice for you and me today as it practice, as it, as it lays out in our everyday life, is this. Choose resurrection life. Choose, point number three, resurrection life. I want you to notice how Peter responds here, and then I'm going to wrap things up. Verse 12. So the, 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 the verse says, it sounds like nonsense to these men. They didn't believe. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. Peter jumped up and he ran. Peter practiced what the angels had told these women. Peter remembered. Peter reviewed all the things he had experienced in his relationship with Jesus up to that point, which caused him to jump up and run to the tomb. You know, if you read the Gospel of John chapter 11, which there's an incident that took place just a couple weeks before Jesus himself went to the cross. In fact, it was this incident that really caused the religious leaders to, to seek in earnestness to kill Jesus. In John chapter 11, if you look at it, you can read the story where Jesus' friend Lazarus is sick. And for whatever reason, rather than respond immediately to, to, to Bethany where, where Lazarus is, the Bible tells us that Jesus delays. And, and as a consequence of Jesus' delay and a consequence of this, this, this sickness, Lazarus, he, he, he dies. Jesus is too late in getting there, and he dies. And so then after his death, he's, his body's prepared, he's put in the grave, and we're told that Lazarus is in the grave for four days. Well, if you read in the story, we're told that Jesus shows up. And before going to, to, to Lazarus' grave, which is something that we, a lot of us do, we'll go to a gravesite and we'll visit you know, the tomb or whatever the place where somebody is buried, and we'll remember you know, and maybe celebrate our life with them. Jesus arrives, and rather before he goes to the tomb, and first he, he, he goes to, rather than going to this burial site first, he goes and he stops to have a conversation with, with Jesus, Lazarus' sisters. And I want you to notice, and I'm going to close with this, what Jesus says here in verse 26, or rather 25 of John chapter 11. Jesus is, is having a conversation with, with, with uh, Martha, and Jesus says, Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And here's, don't miss this. This is what he asks. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, Martha? Jesus wanted to know, really, Martha, do you believe in me? Jesus was saying to Martha, and he was saying to you and me, Martha, I have the ability to raise your brother from the dead, but I also have the ability and the capacity to extend to people eternal life. Do you believe? You see, following Jesus is a journey of choices. Will you choose resurrection life? Well, if you read on in this story, you'll read how Jesus next leaves Martha, and as he goes to, to the to the tomb entrance, he, he, he says his prayer and then he, and he, and then he commands, he says, roll, the, roll the, the stone aside. Well, Martha begins to protest. She's like, Jesus, by, by this time there's a, there's a bad smell, but Jesus says, I don't care. Jesus, he's been in the grave for four days. Jesus, I don't care. And he calls Lazarus out. Boom, what happens? 
Lazarus comes out, he's in his, his, his burial clothes and Jesus says, you know, unwrap him. And, and, and he, basically he was dead, but now he's alive. And I, I propose to you that when, G, when Peter heard the story of these women, and when they shared about their experience with the empty tomb and their encounter with these two angels, I propose that Peter did what the angels told these women to do. He remembered and he thought about what he had experienced just two weeks earlier with Lazarus, how God had raised, how Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And so Peter, he embraced and chose resurrection life and he got up from where he was and he ran to the tomb. Jesus was dead, but now is alive. Friends, he is risen. He's risen indeed. Listen, some of you watching today you know, might be in a place like the disciples. Maybe in your life right now, you're a little skeptical. Maybe, maybe in your relationship, maybe some of you are followers of Jesus, but you've just kind of, kind of gotten a little lukewarm lately. Maybe you've had some doubts about how can a loving God allow a pandemic like this COVID-19 thing to impact so many people. Brothers and sisters, following Jesus is a journey of choices and I think what Jesus says to you and what he says to me on this Easter story is what are you gonna believe? Will you believe? Will you choose to put your faith in me? Will you choose to adopt for yourself and accept from me my gift of resurrection life? Friends, use your brain to contemplate everything that is happening around you. And as you look at your life and you look at the relationships of people, as you look at just creation itself, it points to our Creator God. And when you look at creation and when you read this Bible story and the testimony of these saints, we are reminded over and over and over again that Jesus loves you and he is for you and he wants to be a part of your life. The question is, will you choose resurrection life? I don't know if this pandemic has knocked you off your feet. Maybe some of you are facing some financial challenges right now or maybe some health challenges. Maybe some of you are worried for about somebody or maybe some of you watching today or just find yourself in this dark place. Friends, Jesus was dead but now is alive and he offers to you and me his resurrection life. Will you choose Jesus? Following Jesus is a journey of choices. Will you take baby steps on this journey. I pray that you will. And so here's how I wanna to close today, and we usually close this way every week. I invite you to put the palms of your hands out in front of you, and together we're gonna to say a prayer. You may be new to prayer, just so, just maybe if it helps, close your eyes. If you wanna keep them open, that's okay too. But in your heart and with the most meaning you can say, just pray this in faith. Jesus, with whatever faith I have today, I wanna meet you today. And I want to experience your resurrection power in my life. Jesus, if following you is a journey of choices, today, Jesus, I choose you. So please forgive me and wash away my sins and clean out the baggage in my life. 
Get rid of all those skeletons. And God, today, through your son Jesus, through that resurrection power, I pray and I give you permission to begin to mold me and shape me and transform me into the person you want me today. Today, Jesus, I choose you. Friends, if you pray that prayer, and it's a good prayer, pray every day. But for those of you who may have prayed it for the first time, welcome to the family. And as you continue on this journey of following Jesus, a journey of, of, of choices, I just want to encourage you this coming week to choose curiosity, choose community, and to choose to invite Jesus to fill you with his resurrection life. Brothers and sisters, you can live your life with power and authority to impact the lives of those around you. So do it this week. In the name of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and God the Holy Spirit.